Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. Bunch of stuff on the plate. Rob and Surprise will help clean it up for us. How are you, Rob? Well, hi, Seth. Thank you for taking my call, and I hope you had a great weekend. Yeah, I did. I hope you did, too. Well, I did. It was mostly involving picking up dog poop and cleaning the pool and just the usual stuff. Um, not very exciting, but it, it's a living. What about walking um, the anyway, dogs or running them? Well, we, we do that, too, um, when it's not too hot, because obviously their pup pads don't take the heat too well. So we kind of time it so it's early in the morning or late in the evening. Um, um, what, one of the things that I uh, was interested in when somebody had brought up the whole January 6th commission and Kevin McCarthy, you know, if I were the minority leader, I would have said to Nancy, uh, first of all, uh, well, what's the most important answer in the world for somebody that's corrupt? Tell them no. I'm not going to participate in this sham. What we need to know is, number one, who killed Ashley Babbitt? Okay, that doesn't require a congressional inquiry. And and the second thing really is more of a um, why or who made the decisions on uh, covering everything up and why wasn't the information being uh, promulgated about January 6th? January 6th, relatively speaking, and despite the tragic loss of Ashley Babbitt, it's a nothing burger. It's not what they think it is, or it's not what the general public thinks it is. It's, they think it's a big insurrection, worse than 9-11, worse than the Civil War and all this nonsense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me – Let me, yes – Yes, we need to restate the obvious right here. So anyone yeah. who wants to give you a, um, a, 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 a fuselage of statements about January 6th, I mean, I, I think here's everything I would actually say to begin the discussion or the putting of it in perspective. I would say 500 people have been arrested. When you hear thousands stormed the Capitol, it's just not true. When you hear it, it was an insurrection, insurrection is a federal crime. It has not been charged of any of the 500 or anyone else. There are no charges. There were no lethal weapons that were taken out or used. The only lethality was against a protester slash rioter, the woman you mentioned, Ashley Babbitt. If and she's not even a rioter. She was shot in the back unarmed. If she exactly. were of a different color or political point of view, the officer who did it would be a name we all know because he would have been suspended, fired, or taken an early retirement while homicide charges were pending. Um, finally, the entire melee lasted between four and five hours with no change to any of our lives, as opposed 
to what the Democrats excused and endowed and defended last summer, which took the lives of 30 people, put companies and businesses in bankruptcy, including minority businesses, and cost $2 billion worth of damage. That is the comparison. There is nothing to say about January 6th that has anything to do with the Republican Party. The RNC denounced it the same day, for God's sakes, as did every elected Mm -hmm. Republican in the country and every radio host in the country. It was not supported by anyone who was ever elected to office, and it was not undertaken by anyone with a coherent or cohesive political message, which is the first, uh, the first element, shall we say, of any kind of political coup. When you call That's it right. a nothing burger, aside from the injuries that some people suffered and were regrettable, I agree. And it would have been preventable, perhaps, if the Democrats were as strong in denouncing riots and violence as we were only six months before. That's well, all I know exactly. what to say. I don't know what else to yeah. say. Well, the other the other point that Kevin McCarthy should have made was, besides no, this whole sham, uh, and besides Ashley Babbitt, who killed her, was why are we holding these people for six months in solitary, and what were they charged with, and why isn't that being reported? And again, I think this is an example of why the Republican Party is getting a lot of well, conservatives really pissed off because this goes back to the whole Donald Trump thing where we need people with backbone and courage to come up and and say no. And yet he appoints unknown uh, Republican Congress people, I don't know, to help their careers or something, but it's not going to, it's not going to result in anything. No, it's weird. It's, 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 it's it's a playing of their game. So he, one of these congressmen is a former sheriff, I think. Who, who, this is the one that was identified as someone helping the Capitol Police. What are we trying to look like, good guys here who are on their mm-hmm. side? That it, it almost feels like we're as sympathetic and empathetic as you. I'm going to tell you something. I'm more sympathetic and empathetic than the Democrats, far more, because I gave a damn what they said they cared about last year when they didn't, just as I gave well, a damn then, about yeah. the lives on January 6th. I was consistent. You were too. I won't take a back oh, yeah. seat in moral estimation of who cares about life and safety and democracy to any Democrat after this. Not one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Seth. And again, I mean, I I would have just stood up to Nancy Pelosi, who was evil, and said, no, we're not going to participate in this because there's two questions that need answering. Who killed Ashley Babbitt? And why are people, a few people, being held for six months without bail, without representation, and without being charged? That's really all I have to say about that. The next thing is Kamala. I want to say something more about it, though. Okay, go ahead. I want (laughs) to say something more about it. Um, There was, when Trump was inaugurated, a lot of violence on Inauguration Day. Police also went to the hospital. Police also were injured. Let me read you the Reuters report. We have all the time you need, okay? Let me read you the Reuters report from that day in 2017. Quote, black 
clad activists among hundreds of demonstrators protesting Donald Trump's swearing in on Friday clashed with police a few blocks from the White House in an outburst of violence rare for an inauguration. 217 were arrested in the violence, knots of activists in black clothes and masks threw rocks and bottles at officers wearing riot gear who had to respond with volleys and tear gas and helicopters hovering low overhead. At one flashpoint, a protester hurled an object through the passenger window of a police van, which sped away in reverse as demonstrators cheered. Earlier, activists threw chunks of pavement and baseball bats to shatter the windows of banks and restaurants, all symbols of American capitalism, close quote. Yep. I remember I remember um, seeing the video of the Bank of America windows. That was one bad. of them. Yep, that was certainly yeah. one and of then, them. And then, yeah, I, I remember actually there was a restaurant kind of nearby that I actually went to uh, a long time ago. But um, but yeah, I remember I mean, when Nancy Pelosi was asked about the violence and the rioting in Baltimore during the George Floyd riots. She sure. said, people will do what people will do. And I remember yep. saying in my monologue that day, imagine that Republicans gain control of the House of Representatives and pass a um, and 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 fail to pass fail to pass a major tax cut leading to a bunch of conservative activists throwing a statue of Alexander Hamilton into the water and chasing police out of the city would mm-hmm. would would, would if Kevin McCarthy being asked about that, would he would he just be saying, you know, people will do what people will do? Or if the Democrats refused to pass a tax cut and Republicans stormed, could Kevin McCarthy legitimately say people will do what people will do? I said no. She has now set up the conditions for any kind of anarchic violence and surrendered any moral authority to ever denounce it again. That's what she did. That's what the Democratic left did. They renounced yeah. and, all and again, moral authority. Yeah to denounce political violence with their behavior well, exactly. of last year. Yeah, and all that stuff. Let me, let me hit the break real quick and come back to you, okay? okay? And I, right. I have a bunch of callers on hold. Don't go away. We have time for you all. If you're on hold, we got time for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Rob, thanks for your patience, sir. Well, I'm I'm a, a pretty patient guy. Anyway, um, Kamala, what a lot of people don't realize is that the White House has something called the White House Medical Unit, and it comprises about 24 physicians, That's right. physicians assistants, um, technical people, nurses, nursing assistants, and they also have uh, a place for uh, the residence of the vice president, who's obviously at the U.S. Naval Observatory, right. uh, where I've been before. Yep. And there's some embassies around there, and I've yep. had some very nice times there. But but what's interesting is none of that has been in the media, and all that's been discussed is that on a Sunday— Just a routine things, medical uh, visit. Yeah, just a routine medical thing. Well, you know, what what if these, these uh, White House— uh, medical unit people uh, had examined her and found that, boy, she needs to go to Bethesda. Now, knowing this and knowing that obviously the president and the vice president have a you know personal medical group 
uh, that can examine them, check them, and do stuff, you know, part of me is thinking, well, this isn't so routine. And this goes back to what you were saying before, like, why am I a little confused or suspicious about uh, her going on a Sunday to Bethesda for a routine medical examination? Because the media is not doing its job. They probably didn't bother to check that um, she may have been checked, but we don't know for sure. But we suspect she probably was. And then those medical people in the White House medical unit probably, more than likely, uh, made a decision to send her to Bethesda. Now, why would they do that? Uh, For a routine medical checkup on a Sunday? I don't think so. I just don't think so, Seth. And, And that's, again, something that the media fails America with not reporting very accurate or truthful information. Um, You know, the average American can kind of look stuff up and find things out for themselves. But unfortunately, most Americans are just too busy to do that. And that's why your show is so valuable. So hopefully, you know, we can all get a little smarter on things. Um, And again, you know, I'm just very suspect and I don't trust the media or the government. And they're not telling us the truth. No, they're not. I wouldn't trust them. And, and, And especially with the record of censoring things that turn out to be true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and finally, I just have to mention, uh, after this whole uh, national anthem, black national anthem thing, for the second year in a row, the NFL is dead to me, even my beloved. Yeah, same with my producer, Bill. I mean, he went. Yeah, he he goes so far as to not even engage in uh, in uh, the uh, NBA even now. Well, no, nor do I. He good. I like the hardcore. Good. Oh, yeah. Now, imagine the controversy if. People kneeled during the black national anthem. Right. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. What could happen? No. But again, this is. But all we should be a dividing. country. We should be a country where every race is equally offended for people who kneel during the national anthem, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're supposed to be united. And this is another. We are, we are not two nations, black and white. We're just not. No. No. And that's because, you know, again, uh, bad history is being taught, the wrong information is being sent out in the education system and the media. And I, I really and truly believe that uh, it's going to hit the NFL in the pocketbook big time for people who are paying attention mm-hmm. because this does not unite the United States of America. This divides people even further along the same lines as Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all the things that are in the process of dividing everybody. And it's not going to work. We are going to need to push back and say, no, well, if that's what you guys believe, then you're dead to me. And that's it. I mean, I'm with Bill on that, you know, completely. I just don't, and i watched football all my life, but in the last couple of years, nah, not interested, got other things to do. And if they're going to keep dividing and keep uh, – screwing things up like this along the politically correct lines of uh, white and black national anthems, that does not unite America. Mm-hmm. That divides us even further. And anyway, Seth, that's all I've got. Well, God you did a nice you. job, Rob. I appreciate it very much. You bet. Well, thank you. I do what I can. Thank you, brother. Appreciate all right. It. Take care. My pleasure. Kevin is in Phoenix. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Seth. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. How are you? I just, 
I'm good. I just wanted to add, um, you know, where, where's the uh, where's the focus on the results from the uh, Arizona election audit and the numbers coming in from that, and uh, and what does that do to the people who have uh, who have been uh, jailed from the uh, from the sixth? Uh, if it turns out there was fraud, then they, you know, they're they're basically uh, they're innocent. They had a right to be down there to, you know, they're they're trying to save the Constitution, save or save the the save America from the fraud. The real fraud was on the other side. Yeah, I don't think that whatever results come from. Let's see. Let's see if I can put this together with you, uh, with you, uh, Kevin. Uh, regardless of outcome on Arizona audit. There's not going to be any kind of legal uh, clawback or retrospect of these charges, uh, even if someone is engaging in activity um, for a justifiable reason in their mind or by any fact, but their behavior is illegal they're going to be, you know, subject to the to the sanction of the law. Um, they they just are. So I don't know that we can connect those two exactly. I got to tell you, looking at those people who were involved in the riot on January 6th, I go back to one of our first callers that day, a physician up in Prescott, who said, Seth, stop, all media, stop. When you see riot leaders for a political campaign dressed in bear skins and Nordic horns, let's not assume these people are sane. And I thought that was a really, really good point. I, I, I'm not putting, in other words, my, um, my political salvation or moral compass in the charge of those idiots on January 6th. I'm just not. Now, I've said some pejorative things about them. I think they deserve it. That having been said, I think I've been equally vociferous that they have been monumentally and massively mistreated and that the Democrats have ratcheted this up beyond all reason rationale and the ratcheting up and what they're trying to do to us is more of a threat to our Constitution than what January 6th was. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 Michelle is in Phoenix. Hello, Michelle. Michelle, are you there? Yes? No? Hi? No, not there. Fred is in Fountain Hills. Hello, Fred. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's up? Oh, well, I was calling sort of in a response to your prior caller about the January 6th incident, and I just was wondering, what is the Second Amendment for? You know, if your country is being robbed or stolen, do you wait till it's in such a dilapidated condition, then you rise up like Cuba or Venezuela or, you know, start revolting?
something then, uh, you know, if if this election was stolen, illegally had, I'm just curious, when is the proper time to do something? When is the proper time to do something is a great question, Fred, that I have dedicated a couple monologues to. If you email me, I'll send you one out. Uh, happy to do so. In the time be- for the time being, I'll just say this: the original, or at least so far as I'm concerned, the original uh, conditions for revolution come from our revolutionary document, the Declaration of Independence where it says that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of the ends of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's the right of the people to alter or abolish it. But then Jefferson goes on to say, prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer than to right themselves. Um, uh, by, evolving, by abolishing the forms to which they become accustomed. It requires a long train of abuses and usurpations designed to bring uh, what the founders called absolute despotism. Um, I'm not there yet. I don't think any of us should consider being close to there. Yet these are extraordinary measures that if undertaken today – without any legal justification, um, would be clearly put down very quickly and very uh, bloodily. I would (coughs) also simply make the point that um, if the Second Amendment were what was invoked on January 6th, they did a really poor job of establishing that because there wasn't a single person involved in the January 6th riots that made that case anywhere I have seen. Not even close to 10% as articulately as you have. The left last five years and really any time they became dyspeptic over any policy issue, redounds routinely to calling Republican leaders fascists, Hitlers, Nazis. I warned them a long time ago and also routinely that doing so is dangerous for a number of reasons, not the least of which is you are either telling us you are prepared for a coup and revolution because who wouldn't? engage in a coup and a revolution against a fascist, a Nazi, and a Hitler. Either you are setting up those conditions or you are so watering them down that you are rendering them meaningless. Uh, The left talks this way all the time, all the time. I was proud that we stood against the violence throughout the summer fairly unanimously. And I was glad we stood against the far less violent day of January 6th, equally so. The Democrats, the progressive left, they have a lot of answering to do, an awful lot of answering.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Michelle is in Phoenix. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to say that I think you're so kind and respectful to all your callers. Oh, thank you. I try because, uh, you know, it's uh, the way human beings should behave in almost every circumstance. I agree. A millennial asked me a Even when we disagree, there's no reason to be disagreeable. I agree. Absolutely. I had a millennial ask what's on my bucket list a couple weeks ago, and I said, well, I'm only 56. I don't know if I have to write a bucket list that early, but I'd like to meet Candace Owens and Seth Leibson in person. Oh, really? <laughs> that I'm on your bucket list, huh? You are. So well, that like that is a very kind thing to say. You might want to shoot a little higher. Candace Owens, I can appreciate, but... I, you know, if it's going to be in your bucket list, make it something you'll be glad and happy that you did afterwards. <laughs> she did say, she said, I think I've heard of Candace Owens. Isn't she an actress? And I said, no, she's an angel of truth. <laughs> there you go. What, what, there you go. There you go. An angel of truth. She really is. She is. But I wanted to talk about the Arizona audit, if I'm not too far off topic. No, there's today. no such thing as off topic. Everything is related to everything here. Okay, uh, so the, mostly the Arizona audit and math, um, if you have time. Um, but I worked down at the audit, and I just met the most amazing people um, there, uh, people who work two shifts, each shift five hours. So some people, a lot elderly people, 10-hour shifts. One gentleman I met um, had his own business. He worked all day and then worked a five- or 10-hour shift after he worked all day. Uh, six days a week. It was am- I mean, amazing people. Well, I got to tell you, you know, the entire purpose of a constitutional republic, it really has a fundamental thing. And I think, you know, we get distracted, we get confused. I don't think it's accidental, by the way. I think we are deliberately um, confused and put in a state of frenzy. I've talked about the crisis industrial complex of the progressive left in the media and the technology and social media. They've always got us into a crisis. And yet we seem to forget, like the old football coach for Stanford who was losing at halftime. Who was it? Was it? Oh, it was basketball. It was Jim Wooten. He said, boys, this is a ball. You know, John Wooden, sorry. Boys, this is a ball. Let's go back to basics. Let's go back to basics. A constitutional republic has, as its very first job, people will say, our national security, our public safety, all of those important, all of them discussed in the Federalist Papers, of course. But even precedent to that, its first job is free, fair, and secure elections, the sanctity of elections. There is no point to a constitutional republic where we declare all men are free and equal if we don't have free and fair elections. There's simply no point to it. The notion of declaring ourselves equal means that we are each going to participate in what the Declaration calls the uh, uh, the consent of the governed, right? If the elections aren't integral, if the elections aren't integral, then we have nothing. And that's why I say God bless everyone who wants to look under every possible uh, hood, nook, and cranny to see and ensure the rest of the population that has been thrown into confusion about what has taken place. And it's a weird thing to me that every 
objection or criticism. Every objection or criticism as to potential or kinetic uh, irregularities in the audit, not the election, but in the audit, are printed and circulated as if it were, you know, September 11th, 2001. But the irregularities and oddities and unanswered questions of last November just get papered over and dismissed as if there's nothing to see or worry about or be concerned about. And yet here we are with a large percentage of the population very concerned. Um, I think we have things a little bit backwards here, Michelle. I just do. Why, why do you think that so many conservative talk show hosts have not addressed what they've found so far? Because there's a lot, 70,000 more ballots received than even requested, and 10,000 voters um, added to the rolls after Election Day. Um, they've, they've proven that the election ser- uh, server was hacked, um, that remote access was available, Um why do you think the the right isn't talking about it? I mean, it's a fair question. It's it's a really fair question. And I can only um, tell you that I think here's what is going on a little bit. Uh, two things. One is I think a lot of radio hosts, and I'm one of them, aren't sure about how many Michelles are interested in this or out there. And I'll give you an example. I have had two guests on the audit, uh, two fairly well-known Arizona political leaders talking as guests on this show on the audit. I received no emails, no tweets, no calls either time. And I think that's happened a lot. So we we do what we think people are, are interested in and it's relevant. That's, I think, one thing. And I think the second thing is probably half the party in movement – is on to the next election and right. and 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 half the party in movement and I'm not sure if there's an overlap or a Venn diagram but half the party in movement probably aren't too sure of even if they prove whatever whatever makes the difference let's say uh 13,000 votes went the wrong way right that would do it right Michelle even if they right. proved that I think they're unclear as to what can happen next because I don't think there's a mechanism for anything to happen next. I yeah, think. Okay. I think. That's yeah. the best I can give you, Michelle. Yeah, we do need to, we need to move forward for sure and focus on the next election. I it's the, it, well, I think it, whether we need to or not, I think you, you know we'll debate that. And obviously the audience, you, me, we all have our opinions on that. I'm just saying what I observe is I think half the movement has moved to the next mm-hmm. election. Whether they should or shouldn't have is an other question, but I think they have. But you have said the nicest of things um, to me. Um, make sure, we'll make sure and get you um, a ticket to our next event on the House. Remind me and we'll make sure and fulfill that bucket list so you can get a better bucket list. Okay, Michelle? Let me know when we do our next event that I promised you that. I'll make good on it. We'll be right back. With the NFL now giving us two national anthems, I suppose from here until eternity, um, uh, I, I, I just have to say, I just have to say, if anyone has a problem 
with the Lift Every Voice and Sing anthem, the Black National Anthem song, it's not because of what it stands for or says, but rather the notion that we are not all one nation, which is what the invocation of a second national anthem does say and does instruct, and that we are all embraced as one people under one nation with one song to celebrate it. The idea that you would have two based exclusively on race is nothing more, as I said in the beginning, than a return to separate but equal based on race, something every eighth grader learns was a nadir in the American experiment that, thank God, was corrected in 1954 with Brown versus Board of Education, where we were further instructed that to separate people by race in the public sphere is racial animus and invidious discrimination. That's your National Football League. I don't understand why they would have two anthems based on two different races when they only have one league. Really, why don't they have white teams and black teams if they want to have two different statements of affinity to the country in which they operate? It is called national, after all. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed.